This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. We are going to start our teaching time today with Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And it begins, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Question, why would the creator of the universe bother to want to speak to us. Anybody want to take a guess? One of the primary reasons is, yeah, he wants us to know what he's doing or what he has to say. But maybe the primary reason is because he loves us and he wants to communicate with us. The God of the universe made flesh in Jesus, wants to talk to his people because he wants us to have fellowship with him. Now, some of us may find that hard to believe, but John the Apostle wrote in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God embodies love. Love is the very definition of our God, the one we worship, the one we, with whom we're supposed to have fellowship. Love is his key. Love is the key word, if you will. And so, one of the ways we can see that is with Jesus in Mark chapter 1, verse 41. And this is where the leper is coming to Jesus. He's coming to Jesus for healing because he's heard about Jesus' healing ministry and his miracles, and he believes Jesus can heal him. So that's one thing we need to keep in mind from this verse is that the leper believed that Jesus could heal him. And in a sense, this leper is almost or is an allegory. And he's an allegory for all of us. Does everybody know what, a, what leprosy is? It is a virus that affects the skin and the body parts. And if left unchecked, you will start developing white patches all over your body. And then eventually various parts of your body will start breaking off. It is not a very pleasant disease. Now, thankfully, it can be treated now by, with antibiotics, but, you know, back in Jesus' time, they didn't know about penicillin or any of those things. And so, the leper's only hope 
was to be touched by Jesus. Now look at what it says here in Mark 141. Then Jesus moved with compassion. Does anybody know what compassion is or how to define it? It's different than sympathy. Sympathy is, oh, you poor dear. Compassion is, hey, I see your problem and I'm with you. And I'm willing to walk with you through the problem to find the solution. That's compassion. Sympathy is, oh, you'll feel better. You're okay. You know, it's not so bad. You know, I feel so sorry for you. You know, that's sympathy. But how many of us need sympathy over compassion? That's not a trick question. But because I think we don't need sympathy more than we need people to have compassion. But see, Jesus saw this man and with compassion, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. This is an act of love on Jesus' part. Could he have just ignored this dude and gone on his way? Yeah, but think about it. That's not God's way of doing things. Oh, well, you know, hey, you, you know, stuff happens. You'll get over it. You know, that's not what Jesus does. He hears us when we pray. And if we believe by faith for what we're praying for, and if we pray according to the Lord's will, He answers us. And if we do that, we can count on Him for an answer. Now, here's another example of Jesus and His love. Mark chapter 10. Now, as He was going on out on the road, one came running and knelt before Him and asked Him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? Jesus was testing the man to see if he really knew who Jesus was. Now, no one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, and do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. He looked at that man with compassion and love. And he said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Two things here. Jesus is willing to show love to the people who he knows will even turn their backs on him and walk away. The other thing is, this guy, the rich young ruler, was ruled by his stuff. Because when the time came, he couldn't give it up. He didn't want to. He wanted his stuff more than he wanted Jesus. So what we have to conclude from this is that this guy did not really want to know how to have and receive salvation. What he wanted was validation 
that what he was doing was right, and that he was okay, that he was going to be fine. He's kept all the commandments. Yep, yep, you've kept the commandments. You're a good boy. You can go to heaven. That's what he was looking for. But that's not what Jesus said, because Jesus knows our real need. And our real need deep on the inside is to receive healing and salvation, not validation. To say, well, you know, I try really hard and I try to do good to the poor. You know, God, I know you got to let me into heaven because I'm doing such a swell job of living this life. You know, hey, God, you know, you and I are just like this, tight, together. That's not the way it works. Jesus is looking for us to come to Him and surrender to Him because we love Him and trust Him enough to know that He knows what's best for us. You know, because God does know what's best for us. Now, the next part of this is Mark 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And why did he come to serve? Because he loves us and he cares about us. And we ought to be able from this point to think and see that we are loved, that we're loved by God that he cares about us because Jesus in John chapter 15 says greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends Jesus had the greater love than we will ever have because he came for the purpose of laying down his life for us however here's a question why then is it so hard, knowing what we know from Scripture, and then there's Jeremiah 31, for I have loved you with an everlasting love. Why is it so hard for us to feel God's love? Why do we feel that way? Why do we sometimes think, God must hate me? If, if God really loved me, he would not have let my friend reject me. If God really loved me, He would not have let my friend betray me. If God really loved me, He wouldn't have allowed me to be passed over for promotion at my workplace. If God really loved me, He would talk to me. He would wrap His arms around me and show me the love and compassion but, you know, we got those ideas, we have those ideas in our mind, you know, God, yeah, He must hate me. But who do we think that, I, from whom does that idea come? The enemy. the enemy, the adversary, because his job is to make you think that God doesn't love you. His job is to harangue you endlessly so that you feel alienated, and weak, faithless, and unlovable. Because he's constantly whispering in your ears, do you think God really loves you? I mean, if he really loved you, would he have let you get laid off? 
if he really loved you, do you think he would have allowed your family members to disown you? Yet you must, you must be unlovable. And so after we listen to that, because we don't have the will to say, devil, the Lord rebuke you. Shut up and go you know where. We hell. Tell the devil where he needs to go. And don't keep listening to that. God doesn't really love you. God doesn't really love you. You know, because the more we hear that and the more we listen to it, the more we start believing it. And we start saying, I'm unlovable. I'm all alone. There's no one in this world that loves me or cares about me. I am an outcast. I am pariah. I'm just like that leper. No one loves me. No one wants to touch me or give me a hug. How many of us have felt that way? How many of us have felt like we're all alone and not even God loves me? You know, there's a problem with that. Because are we able to show love to others? Maybe. Because there is an immediate and a direct connection between whether or not we really feel God loves us in our ability to love someone else. Because maybe we had a bad childhood. Maybe our father or our mother was distant from us. Maybe we've had some awful thing in our background that has made us feel alienated and alone and panic-stricken because I'm all by myself. You see, and then that makes it very difficult to show love for other people because if we don't feel loved by God, then how are we going to pass that love along to somebody else? I've often said, how can you have a dinner at your house and invite guests over when your cupboard and pantry is empty? Can you serve somebody a a meal if you don't have any food in your house? Not likely, unless you want to eat the china. But you see, you can't love somebody if you don't feel loved because you're empty. You can't pass that along to somebody else. It's just raw emotion. So we come to the place where we have to say, what is the answer to this? And it's in John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And I don't think that verse is up there. 1 John 3, chapter, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That was a worship chorus about 20, 30 years ago. 
but I'm going to spare you not and not saying it. But that's the answer. The scriptures say God loves us. Amen? And so we need to sit there and think and tell those thoughts to go away and tell them where they can go. Give them a road map if you have to. It's not hard to find your way down. But that's what we need to do. So anyone this morning who has ever felt unloved, alienated, without hope, that no one cares about you, I would like everyone to bow your heads and to close your eyes so you're not looking at anybody else. If you've ever felt that way, that God hates me or that I'm all alone, raise your hand. So let's pray after me. Dear Lord, I confess that I have been faithless and I haven't believed in you because I believed you didn't love me. But now, Lord, I call on your name and I tell those thoughts, the Lord rebuke you. I rebuke and I renounce that doubt in my mind. And Lord, I receive your love. And with lifted hands, Lord, I gladly receive your love. Change my heart from this day forward, Lord. So I can love others as you loved me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your power for living.